Hi, this is Tricia Lewis and welcome to the Make It Real podcast aimed at small business owners to help you build your business without selling your soul. I've walked the walk, my guests have walked the walk and now we're all talking the talk from branding, content creation, marketing to fear sorting and real you unsquashing so many insights and tips. So stay tuned. Okay, yet another fascinating women, woman, women. I've just made that uh, plural. Uh, <laughs> okay, take two. Yes. And again. <laughs> I, the thing is, I just know too many, Jill. I just know too many fascinating people, let alone women. So this is yeah. Jill Donnell. Now, we've had an entire conversation about how I should introduce her in terms of her name because, and I thought I can get away with this because this isn't going to sound remotely pretentious when I say the MBE after Jill Donnell, because we can unwrap that at some stage and how it's like doctor as well. That's another one. People who've done doctorates, it's people get a little bit weirded out about, oh, is that going to sound like I'm really up myself? So we had that whole conversation, but yes, there's a story behind the MBE bit and we'll get to that. In fact, there's lots of story. So I'm not, I'm going to shut up. And Jill Donnell, who is the founder of Successful Women in Business and over the years has just delivered so much value in um, single gender training, conferences, well-known award ceremonies. And, um, but there's a story, there's a story. How the heck did Jill get here? Um, we're gonna talk about obviously women holding themselves back and you know um, celebrating their success and all, all that fabulous stuff that we need to constantly keep reminding ourselves of. And before we get there, we're going to have a bit of Jill's story because trust me, this isn't an everyday story. So welcome, Jill, give us the, give us the story. Where did, it, where did you start? Thanks, Tricia. And first, can I say thank you so much for having me here on your show and giving me yet another opportunity to talk about myself, my favourite subject. No, not really. Uh, so where did it all start? Well, it started, I suppose, in a previous life, a previous career. Um, depending on my audience, I talk about a previous corporate career. Uh, you and I have known each other a long time. So the reality is I was a police officer for 30 years. Um, a most fabulous career. Uh, it, it, it worked for me because I'm a bit of a butterfly. I get bored very easily. So if, if I drift off, you'll know I'm gone. Uh, and the job, and I'd done quite a few jobs before I joined the police, uh, is something different every day. And that really, really suited me. Sometimes it was a bit harrowing. Sometimes it's really exciting. And the further you go up the promotion ladder, a lot of the time it's quite boring because actually you're no longer kicking indoors, you're chairing meetings. Uh, however, the upside to that is that um, probably 20 odd years into my career, I went on a course which at the time was the very first leadership course for women in the police. Now I've been on lots of courses. I was usually the only girl because you're always a girl in the police and I enjoyed that. I could drink with the best of them. I had a lot of fun, but this course was just women and senior women and for the very first time i had a real touch of the imposter syndrome i've worked i've been in cid i've done lots of firsts i loved it all and then suddenly oh my goodness a i was having to realize that i was a woman and that sounds really weird but up until that point 
I hadn't been, I was the governor or the boss or mate or whatever the, it depends who was talking to me and what they called me. But suddenly I was in a room full of really uh, strong, powerful women. And uh, it was a light bulb moment, mainly because my expectation was that they would be um, very together and they were 99.9% .9 of the time and uh, really knew what was going on in their lives and in their careers when in reality they were just like everybody else. Uh, a significant part of the time was uh, self-doubt. We had a few tears that some of them had been treated very badly in their career, had come overcome all sorts of barriers and at the end of the day it was sexism at, uh, at its height. I consider myself fortunate. I suffered very little in that area. I was in a relatively small force, really good senior management. Uh, but I came away from that course and noticed for the first time that whilst I knew so many amazing, talented women in my organisation, they were not at my level. There was one other at my level. And we needed to do something about that. And I had an amazing boss and he went, oh, I've been waiting for you to spot that. And that set me on a path for 10 years, running a women's network, lots of positive action initiatives, uh, bringing in a development programme into the organisation for women. And I need to say, Tricia, I am not anti-men. I am just <laughs> pro-women. And I think that's really important it to is. say, because it when is. you start talking about single gender training and positive action, some people, including some women, get very defensive. Mm. But we were dealing with a situation where there were some fabulous, talented women who were not putting themselves forward for promotion. They were not putting themselves forward for um, going into other departments that were traditionally male dominated, even more so than the normal run of the male officers, patrol officers or CID even. And there, and there were lots of reasons they were doing that. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, there is there are glass ceilings and glass cliffs and glass all sorts for women in lots of industries. I, you know, I don't deny that. But I am very clear that one of the biggest barriers to women is what goes on in our heads. We hold ourselves back so much in terms of wanting to be perfect before we apply for jobs, having expect, you know, women, women I know have standards that Mother Teresa couldn't meet. They are that high. And, <sighs> and, and so that's really when I retired after 30 years, where as much as I did miss the people and the door kicking, that's the bit I miss the most, watching women grow and achieving their full potential. Wow. Yes. Okay. Let's just breathe because that's all that is so rich already we're only a few minutes into this podcast look what you've already been inspired by jill look i mean it's really funny you'll 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 laugh at this i am re-watching because you know we're in lockdown you're meant to do this binge re-watching um ashes to ashes oh. <laughs> actually i think life on mars, mars was probably better it came before that i seem to recall we've, we've already binge watched that as well oh so, you've done uh, that one yeah we're working our way through but the thing for me is i mean the 70s and 80s was my era so it i just constantly in fact i've stopped myself this time saying oh i had a belt like that oh yeah i've, I've stopped that because it gets very boring for my husband and my grown-up son who's in lockdown with us um and also a bit embarrassing for him he said mum i don't actually want to think of you in the same light as keely Hawes in that leather jacket so let's just move on from that okay fine but but i but i did look a bit like that no no <laughs> So anyway, the reason I mention it is because she is a very 
feisty character in Ashes to Ashes in a massively crazy 70s, 80s male world in the, in the police. And um, I find that really quite exhilarating. Um, and then there's this Chaz, the, the police um, on a junior level, the other female character in it, who is actually really quite bright and says really intelligent things, but always uh, gets kind of, you know, um, sidetracked, sidelined. And she ends up saying things like, oh, well, I, you know, nobody needs to, well, I've just had an idea, but it doesn't matter. And uh, it, it's really interesting on everything that you have just highlighted. So anyway, moving on from my um, Ashley Strash's moment, but it, it's all relevant. So because it's relevant, Jill, because of what we were, what we were surrounded by in terms of the societal influences. Now, has that, has that changed drastically? Yeah, now I could get on a soapbox. Um, yes, of course. And uh, I will always preface what I'm about to say with the recognition of how far we have come. But we have not come as far as we should have certainly in the UK um, and there are all sorts of reasons. I have twin girls, so I used to call drama and crisis, I promise I might stop doing that but somehow I can't stop myself. Uh, they're 23 now and uh, is it right for a young woman to walk down a street, they both live in London, and to be constantly harassed by men asking them out, shouting across at them, doing all those sorts of things is it right that they, in the winter, they won't run at night alone? Of course it's not right. Do men suffer from the same thing? No, I don't think they do. And when you have still women seen as objects, then it is never going to be equal, I don't believe. And I don't know whether that will ever change, but I think in certain industries, in certain areas, that permeates through. I think there is still a lot of pressure on women of whatever age to be nice, to play small, mm. and the images that you see, and it's exacerbated by social media. Mm. Um, yes, they are strong, independent women, as, as many, many women are, but I think there are still elements out there that, that, that have an impact on how we see ourselves, how we hold ourselves back. Um, and so I still think there is a lot to do. Now, I work with women and I don't work with young women. I work with women more of a certain age who perhaps have more conditioning. And, and I know that my girls believe that they can do anything, but that doesn't stop the old imposter syndrome popping in. And if we think about where the imposter syndrome came from, it came out of research of highly qualified academic women not believing, thinking that they were... It was the charm that got them where they were. And yes, it was the late 70s when that was written about. But it's still very true today. And yes, I know it impacts on men too. You know, my boss was a chief constable and he was quite fond of saying that he thought one day someone's going to walk in and we're going to, what the hell are you doing sat in that chair? Mm. PC, whatever your name is, off you mm. go. So I know, it, I know it affects everybody, but I would guarantee to you that it affects more women than it does men. Yeah, and it, it, the, there's a lot in what you just said, and it's the it's weird because I I like being old. <laughs> I, I I really think it's so much more fun. Um, but that just speaks to the fact that I was so hideously self conscious when I was younger, and you know worrying about what you looked like and all the rest of it. Um, 
And by the way, you know, that doesn't mean, you know, people will look at you from the outside and they will say, but you look great. You look lovely. You always look lovely. That could be totally at odds with what you're thinking inside. So, you know, I used to look in the mirror thousands of times during the, the day. Well, that's an exaggeration, but it was part, it was definitely part of my habit. Whereas now I can, I definitely go all day without looking in the mirror. I only look in the mirror to brush my hair or something in the morning and that's it. As you can, yeah. if, if oh. anyone saw this on video, they know that this was, <laughs> this was true. Um, and it's such a relief. And, and yet the weird thing is, even at this age, I still get, you know, invites on Instagram and, and whatever, Facebook from guys. So there's still that little weird bit, which still goes back to that, those earlier days where that was so much part of what you, the battlefield that you were going through all the time. You know, when, walking down the street, getting the wolf whistles as it was from builders in my day, that was like standard. And there's half of your brain saying, oh, this is a bit scary and that's a bit, who do they think I am? I'm not a piece of meat, you know? And then the other half saying, oh. Oh, that's quite nice. Yeah, I look, I look sexy. Hey, go for it. Um, and that's the battle that we constantly have because there you are in a group of guys in a networking thing or whatever, whatever you are. And that, you know, there's a little bit of flirtiness in the air and part of you is still saying and i need and i need to go along with this little bit of flirtiness because otherwise they'll think i'm really horrid and they won't talk to me mm. Mm. Uh, well you're right you're right and and will that change and is that just about the dynamics between men and women i don't know you know i listened to a a, a, a radio program the other day and the, the woman was asking men who wolf whistled or did the sorts of things i'm describing to um, ring in and I, as I was driving along this, I think it was about 25. And he was very clear that if women were dressing the way they were dressing, mm. then that mm. was, and, and how far away are we then from a sexual assault because you dress like that and the old days of that. And I know a lot about that. Oh gosh. So yeah. it is a challenge. Yeah. So actually I'd rather stick with uh, working with women to help them understand that uh, we have responsibility to both ourselves and young women and young men, our children, men, men and uh, girls and boys, to be the right role models, to act in a confident way. Because trust me, I was frightened of the dark and I joined the police. And when I joined in 1981, you patrolled by yourself and you went out in the dark and you walked the streets because you couldn't drive a car for two years. And so I walked the streets of Bournemouth, okay, a relatively quiet seaside town, not the nightclub capital of the South it was before lockdown. Um, and I wore a uniform and that allowed me to pretend to myself and everybody around me that I was confident. And when you practice, it's a bit like smiling. If you keep smiling, apart from people think you're completely weird, you start to feel happy. And if you act confidently and behave in a confident way and keep saying what's the worst that can happen what's the worst that can happen eventually you start believing it yes and that's how we do it 
And in fact, yeah, that, that, you know, that, you know, that expression, fake it till you make it. And it, it's one that you, we could spend an entire hour talking about because it, because it, there are so many layers to that, but what you, but there is an element to it, which is spot on really good tactics, really good tactics, because it's not, if you take away the meaning of fake, cause the minute you put fake in, it sounds like you're doing something bad, <clears throat> but really what you've just described the uniform um, th those first days in a job, which I remember, where if you let yourself crumble into the mess of insecurities that you could so easily, you're lost. You know, there are moments where you have to say, yeah, yeah, I can, I can sort that out and then go away and <laughs> ask somebody else what you're Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, yeah. you need to sort of own it for a moment to start to feel it bit by bit by bit, like getting on stage and all the rest of the things that we all know. So I, I, I love the, the uniform. Um, but, but when I you think start the other using thing that, it, yeah, go on. The thing that you said there is also important because I think that this is one of the reasons why women make really good leaders. I was the very first female detective inspector we'd ever had in our force. So think Helen Mirren, prime suspect. Mm my shirt wasn't skirt wasn't that short um and i was in charge of uh 20 odd detectives many of whom had more experience in cid than i had service and talk about being terrified and there were a few occasions where they came to ask me questions just to check me out and you know send one in and ask one question somebody all that sort of stuff uh-huh but I knew that the only way I was going to survive was to be very clear about what I was good at, what I could do, and when I expected them to step up and support me. And that worked. I like that. That's three. Let's just go. What, so people can ask this. Yeah. What am I good at? Um, why am I, I there? I wasn't put I there, there through luck. Yeah. I yeah. went through a process. Mm. Uh, now, I'll, I'll never know the way that, where there was an element of we need to start putting some women in positions. And this is the challenge because this is what many, you know, I've had conversations in bars where it was put to me by um, a disgruntled male of a similar level that the only reason I'd got to the position I was in because I'd slept with a superintendent. Mm -hmm. Fortunately for me, I had some of my guys around me who made it very clear in no uncertain terms that they weren't going to stand me being spoken to like that. Mm -hmm. I, you know, that's great. But I was there for a reason. And I think when we're deciding, when we're dealing with the imposter syndrome, particularly when we're in a new role, you've been put there because people believe in you. <laughs> and you have a responsibility to believe in yourself too. Mm. That doesn't mean to say you can't still be scared, frightened or whatever. But you're yeah. not there out of luck. We make luck. You know, you know, my views about language, the amount of time we we place more, we just mm -hmm. sorry, can I just interrupt? Mm -hmm. We're making ourselves small and a lot of the times we're irritating people around us by behaving in that way. It's not necessary. You're there. You don't have to suddenly become a prime candidate for the apprentice because you're deciding <laughs> to be a little bit assertive and talking and facing somebody and, and making eye contact and speaking in a confident authoritative way yes you know we will always get the language where bossy women is negative and all that sort of stuff but we have a responsibility to those around us to achieve our full potential and why would you stop yourself when there are so many opportunities mm. why hold yourself back mm. there's only one person suffering and that's us 
So yeah. I'm really clear, we have a responsibility like to achieve our best and do our best for ourselves, not for anybody else. We shouldn't be doing it to please other people. And, you know, we could have another whole hour on women as people pleasers, couldn't we? <laughs> yes, we could. It's um, something that gets delved into in my, my book, but I'm not here to publicise that. Um, <laughs> oh, feel I free to, Tricia. I'm going to publicise mine shortly. <laughs> I think it's interesting because my I have a talking about the book okay I will just say this thing I talk about self-squashing and unsquashing so yeah, I love the way my, I love that it, it does it does it doesn't it self-squashing I define as suppressing your true self due to a fear because fear obviously is big that revealing and owning your full passion personality and power will have you this is quite interesting judged as an unlikable show-off or an unprofessional outsider. Yep. And I that, don't know about the unprofessional outsider. Well, that's I said, yeah, I suppose. Yes. But certainly, certainly yeah. the show off. And, show I, off. and we had that conversation before we started this podcast. Shall, we, shall I introduce you as Jill Donnell MBE? I've got an MBE for services to women. Her Majesty the Queen at Windsor Castle. I've got photos. I've got it here. I happen to have it here. I showed somebody <laughs> the other day. Just if ever you do a video clip, there's my MBE. Brilliant. Now, why wouldn't you want to shout from the rooftops? Exactly. Exactly. Because you don't, I still have, I was brought up with, and I have, I'm, a sing, I'm an only child, very spoiled uh, by very loving parents, but I was still brought up with little girls should be seen and not heard. Not Absolutely. little boys, little girls. Yes, don't show off. No, come on, come on, don't show off. No, it's not nice. Uh, <laughs> oh, come on, not. come on, John. Come on, show us again. Oh, it's yeah, yeah. Look, does that dance like that with playing the trumpet at the same time? No, no, sorry, Trisha. No, no, come on. No, we've heard enough from you. Thank you. Um, yeah, it's constant. It's baggage, baggage, baggage from the scripts of our childhood. And um, there's a, an author called, uh, well, he's a researcher guy, Dr. Tim O'Brien. Um, it's a yeah. book of his. Um, and he says, He's basically saying you're still sitting on the naughty step. <laughs> true, though, isn't it? It's true. Yeah. It's like we forget, actually, we're not being told to do this by anyone, this putting ourselves down, this feeling like we're being too much or whatever. It's only us, as you yeah. keep repeating, it's only yeah. us. We are holding ourselves back. My strap line for my company, Successful Women, success is a state of mind. And again... I don't know why I feel I should say this, but I do. And that's probably part of what we just be talking about. Success for some women, and I'm talking about women, is getting out the door in the morning. So when you say you want to be successful, that's not bragging because everybody has their own level of success. I remember vividly back to my police days, being having a drink in a bar with a guy who clearly wasn't very keen on me. And he said to me, ah, yeah, but you're ambitious, aren't you? <gasps> And that was not a compliment. That was a criticism. And do you know why I said, no, I'm not. I did not. And mainly because I didn't think about, I want to be there. I, don't, I didn't think when I started, I'm going to be a chief superintendent one day, which is when I finished. I just did it because I enjoyed it. But he said to me, yeah, but you're ambitious, aren't you? He'd oh. never have said that to a bloke. Never. Oh. That's a great, well, we're about to wrap up and I think that should, re that should echo in the air. The fact that, and, and then this moment in you which 
you said no i'm not mm -hmm. because you immediately wanted to not i felt that that was a criticism yeah and that i i wasn't to say i mean mm. i'd be horrified at that prospect now but at the time no i'm not because i wanted to be liked i wanted you know you yeah. It, yeah. it, the culture was very matey, lots of banter, um, and that can go the wrong way in all sort for all sorts of reasons. You've watched those TV programs, so although that is grossly exaggerated, it's still you know a good depiction of what went on. And I joined in 1981, just after the time when women were now allowed to do the same work as men, and lots of men found that very difficult because in the 70s the women had been in a completely separate department with their own rank structure and looked after children and young people, and that was their role. Do you do you think, Jill, that you 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 touched at the beginning of saying you know quite rightly you're not anti-men, um, and I, I I agree. I have to put that caveat out sometimes um, when I'm talking about women as a group but do you think that um men we do have to look at men and women obviously as individuals first and foremost i mean we are just all different so yeah. you can walk into a group of women and you're not going to think oh here we are all my all my lovely women i love you all no because you, you won't like some of them and the same with men etc so but also that men sometimes it, when you are making that immediate judgment of them as being a bit up themselves or taking over a bit over dominant there has to be a little pause in your own head not not a not you pulling yourself back or putting yourself down that being very emotionally intelligent says yeah they're they're actually not that confident <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah. and i think the the other thing that we always have to remember as much as i'm talking about fake it till you make it and behave in a particular way and eventually you will feel like that just to make it slightly more complicated you've also got to be authentic because one of the things that i've discovered in particular for women i'm not saying it's not the same for men but in particular for the many 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 women i've worked with values are really important and if you start behaving in a way that doesn't sit comfortably with your values then that is never going to work. And that will cause more internal drama than anything will. So none of this is yeah. easy. And there are oh, so no. many different things that play in. Authenticity, emotional intelligence, don't hold yourself back, surround yourself with positive people, you know, mm. radiators, not the drains. It's a bit of a challenge if you're you know they're part of the family and they pull you down but mm. don't if we've got voices we've all got voices in our head and not the sort that will find us somewhere <laughs> quiet to live for the rest of our lives but the sort of things that say you're not good enough you're stupid all those things that we, you and i've just talked mm -hmm. about we've got a responsibility to fight them mm. so that we can achieve our very best and offer our very best to whoever we we're here for whatever purpose we're here to serve and it doesn't have to be the greater, greater good. But I always come back to it. We, we've got a responsibility, particularly to our children and the young people to see, to behave in the way that will inspire them. Well, I could do that. I used to run personal development programs. We always had a guest speaker, some amazing women. And, and so often we look at people, you know, you see their front stage, you've got no idea what's going on mm -hmm. in the backstage is one of my own podcast guests said to me the other day I thought that was a really good analogy but mm -hmm. you see people and the danger is you compare I'm never going to be like you have no idea what's going on behind 
and and that's that's the interesting part isn't it really absolutely and that's the other responsibility we've got is that by being more open ourselves and showing more of the real deal basically um which in turn makes us feel better because we feel as you say more authentic which kind of is a stronger place to come from then we we give permission so all your i've been to your lovely networking events uh the smaller ones actually and you know the, the minute you're there, you realize you're in a space where everybody is more than happy to talk about the complete cock up they had, you know, and all the rest of it and how they're feeling really stupid today or whatever it is. Yeah. And it's yeah. this lovely buzz, isn't there? Where they are, oh, yeah. thank goodness we're in a space where we don't have to say, oh, yes, I'm doing very well this year. My business has turned over, blah, 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 blah. I'm happily married. No, um, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And we need that safe space to be vulnerable, to be ourselves. And that doesn't mean that we have to go out and put on a whole front that's not true. I come back to authenticity. But there are certain environments when we, you know, if you're, if you're bidding for a particular piece of work, it's no good you say, oh, I'm having a really bad day today. I'm really good at what I do, but I'm having such a bad day. No, you've got to go in, you're going to be professional, you're going to be confident, you're going to, you know, work really hard to convince them that you are the right person yes but yes. but sometimes if you have to do that all the time it's a bit wearing and you do need that quiet space where you yeah. go oh. backstage absolutely backstage, just, yeah, yeah. put your like face up take your makeup off just go for it i love it i love it and we i knew that we would technically i would struggle to end this conversation um you'll no doubt come back at some stage um and i just because we're very in sync and it's it's just glorious to talk about this kind of thing and i i i the tone of your voice and the way you talk i i think should vibrate out of uh, through the airways jill with thank you trisha thank you beautiful enthusiasm about what we can be and um so is a to wrap up um You've got lots of obviously things going on in terms of people making a sort of first point of contact with you to find out where would they go? Well, I find me on LinkedIn, Jill Donnell, um, it probably says Jill Donnell MBE, but if you put in Jill Donnell, you can find me on internet anywhere. Um, yeah. My website is swibtribe.com. That's successful women in business is the swibtribe.com. Uh, I've now got a members club, which runs monthly meetings, resources. So slightly different from the network. I've got amazing group leaders that run the network for me. Uh, just published my first uh, course online, which I'm very excited about, which is self-confidence uh, self-esteem uh, and you can find that on my website you can ping me a message and you can always go to Amazon and buy my book which is called Celebrate Success or How to Be a Successful Working Mum Without the Guilt. I think I've probably done enough self-promotion oh, there Trisha. Okay, Thank you. Great, that's great. Uh, we have to talk about Amazon because I'm obviously going to be going on about it. So celebrate success. Um, well, we just just put blinking Jill Donnell as as you quite rightly say. Actually, if you put that into the internet, you'll get you all get all sorts of weird stories about my police my police oh, career. Yes, <laughs> go back through the images and uh, yes, yeah. oh, absolutely. And of course, I have got my own podcast show, which is spookily yes. called the Successful Women Podcast Show. And yes. you were one of my very early guests a few years ago yeah, now we what? must we'll have to redo that yeah. i think oh, bring I, that up I, to date i've evolved quite a few times um yeah. so yeah and we all <laughs> 
lovely. Thank you. I won't keep you any longer because you're a very busy woman. And I really thank you for, for taking this time because um, that, that's a very energising um, half hour we've just spent. Thank you very much. You're very welcome, Tricia. Yes! Thank you very much. Take action. Try this one So many insights, step. but let's think of something practical. The next email you write, can you just check to see if you are letting your full powerful you out or whether it is absolutely full to the brim with all that what we call hedge language the if you wouldn't mind and I know it's really awkward but and gosh it would be brilliant if just check yourself out for the next week stay connected and spread the word go put some stars all over iTunes for me but mostly go to trishalus.com where you'll find resources my social media links and updates on the new book the mystery of the squash self which is out on amazon on april the first ah keep in the loop with the fortnightly newsletter most of all go forth thrive and have fun as your unsquashed self look forward to the next episode Never be replaced.